All right, you ready to rock? Let's do it. Let's roll. Let's freaking go. From Boston University, this is the BU News Service Podcast, where we catch you up on a story you may have missed from this past week. Each episode, we'll take a deep dive into something that happened that we think is cool or important or underappreciated. We'll showcase work from our fellow BU students and highlight stories from Boston, New England, and beyond. I'm Bart Tachi. And I'm Shannon Sollett. On the pod today is Sawyer Smook Pollitt, who is the business, science, and technology editor at the BU News Service. Sawyer is a journalism grad student, and in order to graduate, students need to finish a professional project. So Sawyer is talking to us about his. So Sawyer, can you tell us your name and what you're working on? Yeah, uh, my name is Sawyer Smook Pollitt, and I am working on my professional project about uh, pre-trial detention inside Ash Street Jail in New Bedford, Massachusetts. How? How? Like, how did you come across the story? Why did it interest you? Yeah. Um. So I've been living in in New Bedford my whole life. Um, which, which is a lot better than it sounds. Um, and I actually uh lived in a house that was on the same block as the jail for for most of my life. And uh, I remember stories about um when my parents first moved in there there was a riot in the jail they could watch the uh, jail like yard from the roof of our house so i've heard those stories i've seen the old like 90s photos that uh my parents uh took of that and i've always been sort of interested in the jail um and then recently in like the last like two years i guess recently um i've sort of started uh writing about and uh, reporting on various issues going on with the jail and as i've learned more i decided well i've already been writing about this for like a few years on and off i know people involved already i may as well make this my professional project you know what have i got to lose (laughs) but so that's how i arrived at the topic but i feel like in talking about this you stumbled upon like some amazing stories yeah um i Thank you for thinking that they're amazing because I I've mentioned them before to you. Um, yeah, I was. Um, this started off as a project just about the uh, sort of uh, living inside of Ash Street Jail because it is a 188 uh, a year old jail. It's the oldest operating in the state, as far as I as far as I know. And you know, with old buildings comes old building problems, and my my first like idea with this project was to focus on those issues like mold and things falling apart and just bad uh, conditions. And then I learned about the fact that there's been some people in there uh, who uh, they've been uh, locked up before their trial, which is normal, but some of them have been in there for one year, two years, three years, and they haven't actually they haven't actually had their day in court. So legally they're innocent men. Um, and they're just kind of just chilling there. I shouldn't say chilling. They're just, they're just incarcerated. <laughs> What's the difference between um, incarcerated and like just being a prisoner? 
I don't think there is a difference in the word, um, but there is a difference between uh, jails and prisons, and this is a jail. A jail is used, well, first of all, there's there's a jurisdiction. So this jail is not a state jail, it's a county jail, and it's run by the Bristol County Sheriff's Office and Sheriff uh, Thomas Hodgson. Um, and a jail is used mainly for pre-trial uh, detainees. So these are people who have maybe committed you know anything from like selling a small amount of drugs on the street to you know felonies murder whatever um and they are there because they just have to be held somewhere before their trial a prison is normally like a like a state prison or federal prison and that's where you go if you're serving like you know uh 20 years or like more you know a big sentence how common is it for it to take so long for someone to go to trial? Like, why why is it taking so long? Um, so I, in terms of New Bedford, I don't have the stats on how common it is because I filed a couple public records requests. They haven't gotten back to me yet. I'm fingers crossed. Um, but um, there are, I don't want, want to say a wrong number, so let me just, uh, pull up my my thesis real quick. I want to make sure I I give you guys the right number. But there's a few hundred thousand, I think four hundred thousand plus people in the country who are right now pre-trial. I don't know how long that is. That could be someone who just got arrested in their pre-trial for like a day. But there's a couple of different reasons that can happen. Um, the first one is uh, cash bail. They just uh, can't afford to pay cash bail. Um, you know. If you are someone who's not very well off, you get arrested for anything at all. They set your bail to, I don't know, 200 bucks, 500 bucks or something. That'd be too much for me. I'd be, I'd be sitting in jail if they asked me to pay $200. Um, and then also there is something called, um, uh, well, I'll start with a uh, more recently uh, COVID has really uh, delayed a whole lot of, a whole lot of, trials and uh one of the guys in my project he is in there um because because of covid delays as far as we are aware um which which sucks because it's been what like about two years now ish of covid i i think that's a exaggeration but it's, it's been a while of covid and uh his trial hasn't moved along but there's a third thing it's called dangerousness and that is a designation that basically says that this prisoner is a danger to, to, to the public. They should not be let outside. Um, and that happens when the prosecution basically, uh, when the case starts, they're like, hey, uh, we have to have this special hearing to see if this uh, person's a danger. Then they are held inside of a jail um, for up to 180 days um, by a superior court if that makes sense. So if the per so if that uh dangerousness hearing is in a uh, superior court, that's a, a maximum of uh, 180 days in a uh, district court, it's a maximum of 120 days. Um and they look at a whole lot of factors for dangerousness. There's um there's you know your uh your family situation, if you have a job, if you have uh, mental health issues a history of that if you have a history of other crimes and there's one of them that i think is really funny it's uh you're like i think it um 
it's like your reputation where you live so it can be like your standing and like and like i don't know how they determine that i need to still talk to like a, a lawyer about that and figure out sort of how that works but basically there is still a limit on that there's a limit of 180 days and one of my subjects um uh, he's in there on dangerousness um and he's been in jail now pre-trial for over a thousand days jeez um he was arrested in 2018 um and they had a, 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 a dangerousness hearing right in the beginning of his of his whole procedure which you know i mean it for what he was charged with that that is that is it, it makes perfect sense that he has a dangerousness on him i'll i'll i think that's that's fair to say but um the fact that it's been a thousand plus days with as far as i'm aware no change in his trial or or or, or anything like that um, that's that, that's a bit of an issue and and technically to your point he's still innocent yeah no he's still he's still legally innocent i mean i forget which amendment it is i think it's the fourth amendment is this fair and speedy trial i don't quite remember declare yeah where's, where's Blair when you need him if only somebody um, took a media law and ethics class if, if only i took only, a media law and ethics three of class. us is fourth or sixth like it's one of those two um it's the sixth it's the sixth amendment <laughs> In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed. But anyway, yeah, um, man, the whole speedy trial thing just ain't really happening with these guys, yeah. which is which is a shame. It's kind of how it works, and like you said, yes, they are legally innocent until until proven guilty in a court of law. Um. Can I ask you about like parole board stuff? How is that? Do you and and I realize that you're not really a, necessarily an expert on like the criminal justice system. You're just doing this specific project on this specific jail. But I know right. that Massachusetts, the Massachusetts parole board, has been under uh, scrutiny for folks not getting um, a kind of not getting enough hearings and uh not getting enough people through the door so there are people who await um like a long time um and i yeah. only know this because for a project i had to sit through one of these like what are we gonna do about the parole board situation in massachusetts <laughs> i had to sit through one of these hearings um from the massachusetts state house and it seemed like there was a there was a huge kind of hold up there is that really yeah i i i'll be honest with you i don't really know i um <laughs> yeah. no that's fair um no yeah I, I i haven't been following much of the parole board i've been kind of focusing more on like the individual cases right um but there was a great uh quote i got from this is for a separate project which i mean it's yeah i can i talk about it um with um the uh What's his name? Uh, Matt Seagal from the um, uh, 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 civil, excuse me, a uh, civil uh, 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 American civil the... liberties. Yes, yes. Thank yeah, you so ACLU. much. Yes, that. Yes, um, and he is their legal director, and he mentioned to me that that um, 
we have a system of pleas and not a system of trials. And if not enough folks are pleading guilty or uh, 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 taking plea deals, the process starts to slow down because we're just sort of uh, not equipped for the volume of traffic. I'm not, I'm honestly not sure how that relates to uh, pre-trial specifically. I guess, I guess, you know, I'm just sort of uh, conjecturing here. This is, we're just, we're just throwing things around. (laughs) Um, I, I guess like thinking through it, if not enough folks are pleading guilty or uh, 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 taking pleas, that can hold up the process, which then holds up. For example, my guy who's in there, he's not my guy, <laughs> but the guy who's in there um, because of COVID delays, wow. that could be something holding up his, 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 his trial. Well, um, and also I would imagine if people are, if parole is really slow, if people aren't being granted parole, mm-hmm. there are no, it's not like there are like vacancies in prisons, right? So there's very little incentive to right. put pretrial people through trial and get them out of jail and maybe into prison or, you know, like that's gotta be sort of like a a clog. Yeah. Right now, actually, it's really interesting uh, with Ash Street Jail, as far as I know, because once again, they haven't ever turned any of my public records requests, but as far as I know, there are roughly 78, 79 uh, prisoners inside of Ash Street right now. It's a 206 uh, capacity jail. So it's not like they're overflowing. Once again, as far as I know, there could be a 300 guys in there. They just haven't told me yet. But um, going by uh, Department of Corrections weekly inmate data, there should be about 78, 79 guys in there. Um, that's There's other jails and houses of correction in uh, Bristol County, so that's probably where everyone's going. But... Um, but yeah, there's no incentive for them to be moving them fast uh, by uh, capacity anyway. So this isn't the kind of situation where these guys are like, and it is all men, right? Yes, yes. This case, it's all men. So this isn't the kind of situation where they're, I mean, it's not like a prison city where you have different gangs forming and like, I don't know, I'm just imagining stuff I've seen on TV. But like, it's not some place I'm imagining where people go in and they're like, hey, I, uh, I'm i in here for this petty drug thing. And then they come out and they're like, truly are a danger after being, I don't know what I'm talking about. I've seen like too many episodes of prison uh, yard. Prison. The uh, two guys who are spotlighted in my piece, um, they're both older men. Um, so I can't speak for one of them, but uh, but the other one of them, uh, was in there um, uh, 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 sort of through his life. So this is not his first time in jail. Um, and I'm not sure how that has impacted his his future behavior and things like that. Um, but if these, if these were younger guys, I could definitely see how, you know, their past, this incarcerate, yeah this incarceration may affect their future, their future, I don't want to say, like, uh, uh, tendencies toward maybe uh, harsher crimes or things like that. Question. Are there any situations in which a person just, like, serves a sentence in jail instead of in prison, even after their trial? Like, it or is jail yeah. only supposed to be 
a temporary holding place. Um, I'm so there's a few different ways that that can be answered. Um, the first is that a, a, a jails can hold someone for, I believe, up to two and a half years. So, excuse me, for shorter sentences, they just keep them in the jail, I guess. I'm not sure okay. how it works. Okay. Um, but also, um, if someone's in a pretrial for a long time, that can count as time served. So, um, say, for example, of the guy who's been in there for three years, if he gets charged with a crime and found guilty, then that three years can count toward his 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 sentence. Um, okay. So that's, yeah. There is, I mean, they're, I mean, they're not just, I guess they're not just sitting there for nothing. Um unless they're found innocent because if they're not guilty then that was three wasted years of their life that they're never going to get back um but if they are found guilty then i mean hey you got you got a head start i guess um to your bit about pleas from earlier uh and plea bargain deals stuff like that there's a really interesting episode of uh serial the podcast where they talk about the um uh, let's see, they go through the, the Cleveland like um, court system and mm-hmm. they have an episode called Please Baby, Please. Um, and it, it does a really good job of describing exactly what you're talking about, why people, why prosecutors want people to take plea deals um, and and kind of the danger of doing that because this stuff ends up on people's permanent records even if they didn't do it, they can say, all right, well, hey, I've already been in here for so long. I just got to get out. And sometimes it'll be like time served as the punishment. Um, yeah, but that will go yeah. on your permanent record so that every time you apply for a job or, you know, whatever, it follows you around. So that's, mm-hmm. I don't know. That I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, I'm not sure how much I can talk about that because that's actually exactly something that i'm working on for a different class and i have been sworn to secrecy by by maggie and i really don't want to break that um so but but yes yes that is an issue that's a big Mm. that's a big problem of folks taking guilty pleas another thing that i sorry i'm i don't know whatever here we go uh massachusetts (laughs) i i was I was doing some research on this um, and I, I came across this stat that was like, if Massachusetts was its own country, it would have the 11th most, like the 11th highest prison population in the world. Yeah, yeah we're pretty high up there. Um, I was looking at a, I have a little spreadsheet that I love um, that updates, updates live. I believe it updates live. I think I got it right. Um, <laughs> and um, it basically has the prisoner counts for each uh, for each state. I actually don't think it's live. I don't know what year. <laughs> I'm a terrible, terrible journalist. Um, combined prison and local jail in Massachusetts is that that can't be correct. How many? That can't. What be do you correct. got? Um, Seventeen thousand two hundred. That's not right. This must be a, a different. Um, this must be a, a a a data set that I I am unclear on what it actually is, and I'm forgetting what it is. So, so that is would that be too low or too high? I feel like that's too low. 
if I feel like that's that that's way too low. Um, especially going by the stat that uh, you just you just pulled out there, which which I mean, for all I know, your stat could be wrong. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Let me, let me look it up. World incarceration rates if every U.S. state were a country. Granted, this is prisonpolicy.org, so uh, maybe a little bit biased. Oh, that's the prison policy initiative. Yeah, I've I, I've been using their some some of their data uh, for like the state and like national level. Um, incarceration rate per 100,000 people in the U.S., uh, in each U.S. state, in all countries with a total population of at least 500,000. Oh, okay. So this, so the stat is more like a per capita kind right, of thing. Right. Okay. Well, I, I guess that makes, that makes more sense then if it's like a per capita. Yeah. I feel like we should ignore what I said earlier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, sir, this is this has got to be tough to yeah. report, both like logistically and emotionally. What have been some of the challenges besides like public records, which are always a pain? Yeah. Um. Well, I think the biggest challenge, first of all, was when I pitched this project, I. I did not know what I would actually have to be doing to do this this work. Um, I've never done any sort of investigative anything before. I know most of my uh, clips have been fluff pieces about like this a new mural in downtown New Bedford or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that and like art reviews and like and like art criticism is like all I've done basically. So now I'm like like oh you know uh, it's just a pretrial detention. I can I can knock that one out. Um, I, I was not aware of, of actually how much work goes into this. Um, so that was our, that was my first challenge. The stakes um, but are I will a lot say higher, huh? The stakes, the stakes are a lot higher. Um, I've actually kind of had, like, I've been thinking about this story for a while, uh, not specifically a pretrial detention stuff, but something big on like this jail. And I've just never wanted to do it just because the stakes are high. And, but now, you know, with like, you know with the relative safety of an academic environment and not just like out on my own, I feel better about doing it. Um, but I think, I think a lot of the challenge has been access. Um, I mean, I mean, this is, this is literally a jail, like, like they access is supposed to be difficult and um, you know, they, I, they will not let me in the jail for many reasons. The first, Biggest of which probably is because, you know, we're still in the COVID pandemic. Um, they have no visitation right now, unless you're like a lawyer meeting with your client, which I am not. Um, and second, I don't think they necessarily would like a journalist poking around in their in their jail, asking their inmates what's wrong with the jail. Um, so that hasn't happened. Um, but even beyond that, speaking with the families of prisoners, which I've done a little bit and... Um, they're very concerned for and rightfully so for the safety of their of their family members inside the jail if um uh one man in my a project he he does not want his name shared because he does not want to be 
like identified in the jail and then face any kind of retaliation from other prisoners, from corrections officers, from anyone. And, you know, I'm not saying that that will happen, but, you know, I don't want to uh, do any harm or be the cause of any harm to this this guy, uh, guilty or not, if, if, it's, if it's found out. Um, so that's definitely been a challenge kind of, kind of, kind of getting the families of these prisoners to trust me a little bit. I, I'm just this, you know, young kid, I say as an adult coming out of nowhere, just being like, Hey, I want to write about your brother in jail. <laughs> and they're like, what? Are you, what? No. Um, and then lawyers are just very, I, appreciate the work that they do um but it's 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 not always the easiest thing to call up a lawyer and ask them about about um you know what their client has been up to why things are taking so long stuff like that and and then once again with access um the whole sheriff's office itself is 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 a is a closed institution it's very very difficult to actually get any information or to or to speak with them on a level that isn't just emailing the PR guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, high stakes. That's all I was thinking when you were, t- when you were talking is like, you know, especially going from reporting on, on stuff that's relatively innocuous. And I know exactly what you're talking about. I've done the same thing where it's like, if I get these stats wrong on this wind turbine, like nobody's going to get hurt. <laughs> right. But um if you if you accidentally um say something like offer some sort of um I don't know, description of this person who's in jail, there could be serious repercussions for that person. It's like it's real. Yeah. Yes it is. Um I did a story once where I was uh, similar to the uh uh, uh a wind thing you just said that like um this is the first building in downtown new bedford that has solar panels it's 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 a it's a great first step in the green in the green revolution in the city and then a sander times reporter sent me an email being like hey this is the second building that's had solar panels (laughs) and i was and of course i felt terrible because i made a mistake i you know i I printed something that wasn't true but then i was like ah it's just a solar panel on a building who cares really (laughs) um but now but you're right. But you're right. If I if I for some reason let it slip that you know this this inmate is in here on a certain charge and has this certain family member and is this years old, he might be identified, which could then lead to him, you know, being potentially singled out mm-hmm. in the jail and and and, and mistreated mm-hmm. in some way. Or his family too. His family may face repercussions. I don't. I don't know how that would work, but I'm sure it, it could happen theoretically. Well, you um, know what? Yeah. I also want to encourage you that um, you know you said here I am as this kid <laughs> slash grown man with a fully yeah. developed brain. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that. So I've been watching these these stupid Instagram videos where they're typically like. It's like, no one's coming. Have you seen these? <laughs> it's just this woman saying, no one's coming. It's not, <laughs> it's not like you can't wait for so-and-so. And then like, you know, it's the backdrop of somebody doing like a workout video or like, you know, wake. So it's like inspirational yeah, yeah, yeah. or motivational. Yeah. yeah. Basically yeah. like you have to be the one who kicks yourself in the butt. And then um, right. 
and then uh, I, you know, we've been watching Handmaid's Tale because nobody wants to get a good night's sleep over here. Um, <laughs> and there's this line where Elizabeth Moss's character, Elizabeth Moss, right? Right. Yeah, her character is like, we are the ones that we've been waiting for. And uh, I I feel like it's kind of stereotypical stuff, but I think that you're doing awesome stuff. And so so I think you should keep going. Is there anything that you are particularly proud of or particularly surprised by in this project? Um... I, I will say there's nothing I've been surprised by. Th- these are all all the claims of, of various various um, bad things in the jail I've been hearing for years. Um, and a- a- anyone in New Bedford who listens has been hearing them for years. Um, I think I think what surprised me the most is learning, not surprised me, but What's been most interesting is learning about the actual legal proceedings and legal precedents behind everything going on. Um, because I feel like for a lot of folks, the idea of like bail and pretrial and jail, it's all kind of wrapped up in this, just the same thing of just like, like you get arrested, you go to jail, but it's really not that simple. It's really a whole lot of moving parts that I feel like a lot of folks don't, don't quite appreciate or even know about. So that's been very interesting mm. to learn. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, do you ever feel like you need a legal, like a law degree to report on the justice system? Um, I, I, sometimes, I mean, I feel like I can read a lot of this stuff and get the gist of it as just a fairly well-educated adult. But sure. um, there is definitely a time and a place to call up a lawyer and be like, hey, like, like please explain this to me because I'm, yeah. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> And that's how I feel about this whole project. It's it's been a whole one one series. It's just a series of I don't know what's going on until I eventually <laughs> figure it out. Life too, huh? Yeah, yeah. Hey, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey Sawyer, thanks for um, thanks for joining us. This was great. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me. I, I love I love talking. <laughs> so I really appreciate having uh, uh, being on here. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, good luck wrapping it up. Can't wait to read it. Thank you so much. I, I, and uh, 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 same for you guys and your projects as well. I can't wait to listen to them. Thanks. I guess we should probably say that Sawyer is the um, business science and tech editor for View News Service. So yeah, that's me. That's that's cool too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. Yeah. Alrighty. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of the BU News Service podcast. If you have a great story, feel free to shoot us an email at bunewsservice at gmail.com.